Come and dream with me. Hello and welcome to What You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together and talk about movies, TV and online content to help you answer the question, are you ready for December, the month in which we all try and catch up on everything in our backlog before the end of the year? No, we're not ready. We, we never will be. I'm your host, Ashley Obley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Yes. How do we do that? Because <laughs> I don't know, unless I start watching two movies at a time on two screens. Yeah, it's impossible. Just face it, the facts, you're not going to watch everything. Uh, on this episode, we'll be talking about what's in our watch history. We'll be talking about what's in our watch history games and film news, giving this week's top three and giving some thumbs to trailers. I will kick things off. We've returned to the to Fish Fingers and Custard, our Doctor Who podcast with the release of the new Doctor Who 60th anniversary special. And it's now on Disney Plus uh, with the return of David Tennant, Catherine Tate, and it's a Doctor and Donna Noble. Uh, so you can check out our full breakdown of that episode over at Fish Fingers and Custard. But Dylan, what are your thoughts on this new era of Doctor Who so far? Really good. Really keen. Can't wait to watch more. David Tennant's great. Catherine Tate's great. Who knew it? Oh, wait. We did know it. They're back. <laughs> Russell T. Davis. Who knew he's good at this show? Oh, wait. We did know that. He's back. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good time. It's fun. Um, it, you know, it's good to have David Tennant back. He's, he's in very enjoyable in this kind of a role. Um, and Catherine Tate has a really good performance here as well. And as kind of as unique as as Nemiak, I guess, um, is something I didn't necessarily ask on that podcast. Is this a good jumping in point? Yeah, why not? Based on this episode, I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Do you, I mean, I think there is some like heavy uh, hand hand holding at the start of the episode where they pretty much explain any backstory that you need. So, I mean, you'll be fine if you want to jump in here, but is it the best jumping in point? I don't think it's point? as good as a jumping in point as the first episode of New Who. Yeah. Or even... I would even put it under Matt Smith's first episode. I think that's yeah. a great jumping on point. Or Matt Smith's first episode, yeah. It's like there's... I, I would say if you jump in the first episode, you've got your like first two Doctors there, and then you could jump in at the start of Matt Smith's period through to... Um, probably Cabaldi's area. <laughs> And then you could watch the last couple seasons on their own, but you know they're pretty meh. But yeah, that would be the the I, I guess where I'd break down is mm. what works. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. If you're excited for Doctor Who, check out Fish Fingers of Custard. Uh, links in the show notes below. Uh, so we both went out and watched the big new Ridley Scott movie that's set to appear on Apple TV Plus in some time in the future. But since then, is now Napoleon a massive historical epic uh, following Napoleon Bonaparte uh, during his military career. Of course, he from his rise from soldier to becoming emperor of France. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of Napoleon? I guess, how much do you know about Napoleon <laughs> um, going into this? Only thing I really knew, he's short. Uh, he wears a hat and something happened to Waterloo. Yeah, I... I- I would say I knew the general, like, general life beats that have been covered in other movies, games, TV shows, like, you know, like, stuff that, like, count, like, goes around his time but never starred him sort of thing. I've, like, got a general idea of Napoleon history. Mm. And obviously highly talked about as, like, such a, you know, military mind or whatever, like, tactician, so. Mm. Um, so this movie has one of the greatest lines of all time, which is... You think you're so great just because you have boats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to take me a while to get over because my whole cinema fucking laughed. And I don't know if it's meant to be funny. <laughs> but it is fucking one of the funniest sequences. One of the funniest deliveries I think I've seen all year. So, you know, it's got that going for it. <laughs> Um, outside of that, I think this is a pretty bad movie. <laughs> I, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that as good as the 
uh action sequences are like there's obviously when the battles happen they're they're very well done really scott knows yeah. how to direct an epic set piece um in particular the you know the one where they're on the ice and shit like that's really well done um outside of that every the fact that the just because they try and like blast through his entire life it just feels like you're jumping from one point to another and it just so the whole movie just gives you whiplash because you're like his brother's here now his brother's gone at one point there was a big thing about a son and then he gets a son now his son fucking never mentioned you never see that son again and fucking it's just you know like it's just like events and stuff happening um i also think that joaquin phoenix is not good for this role i don't like he gives nothing to it which i don't know if that was the point maybe it was but he, he's given me nothing he's given me absolutely nothing um uh, vanessa kirby is great but highly underutilized or gets nothing again just because of the, the script problems um yeah so I, I think at two and a half hours this is not a good movie maybe there's a better version of this and really scott's apparently got a four-hour version coming to apple tv i don't know if i could be bothered based on not liking this not unless reviews that. and stuff come out yeah. that say it's a vast improvement it. yeah so maybe that can fix my problems um and, and if people say that then maybe i'll give it a go but yeah i, I just think for what they were trying to do here which was just cover such an epic span of time and give so much time to the battles and no time to the people but apparently make the movie on the pe- like the people are supposed to be focused and i'm like well i don't know um this is just much better as a this would have been better as like a mini series or some shit i feel yeah i i did not have a great time in this as well i feel like it's two and a half hours it feels like it was longer than killers of the flat moon <laughs> like that last chunk of the film it's like such a such a drag i was like very much fatigued by the end of the movie um the difference between an entertaining long movie and a non-entertaining <laughs> slightly long movie yeah. also i will again although it felt like it was longer than three hours is actually not almost three hours it's, it's two hours and 40 38 minutes that is not almost three hours um but that you know that's just my slight on reporting um yeah vanessa kirby i think is really great in this um like you said kind of underutilized but also interesting that pretty much ridley scott's take on napoleon is he's kind of a simp for this woman <laughs> this entire thing um super obsessed and like uh he it's interesting, like, people have been saying, like, uh, really, Scott has been trying to portray Napoleon as kind of a loser. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that's kind of how it comes across. Like, yeah. um, I'm sure there's, an you know, there's certain people you could compare him to in current day um, who had a lot of power and think they're much better than they actually are. And, uh have a devoted fan base that uh, he's clearly have some sort of brainwashing over. Um, and he's very obsessed what people think of him and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think that you can make that comparison very easily. Um, and then unable to fulfill the, the same, you know, achievements of his younger years or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you, you come for the battle sequences. I think they're really fantastic, especially the uh, first one where they're, uh, taking out like a French, uh, English, uh, base garrison or something. Or something. Garrison. It's hard to keep track. Like I know, like dates and stuff keep popping yeah. up that's every now and then. That's the problem with this movie. It's just that's what I'm saying. I feel like, like I needed to read a biography before going to watch this movie or yeah. something like that. They um, put character names up and they're like, "This is this person," but then you don't see him again anyway. Or like, it's like they're in. It's like okay. Like, anybody who isn't a historian wouldn't have really cared who that person was yeah. in the context. I mean, this movie opens with the the beheading of Ant- Maria Antoinette, so, uh, but you know. But people know who Maria Antoinette, Ant- is. Antoinette is, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's that. I will say, I think there might be the most gruesome horse killing I've ever seen in a film in this. Yeah, it gets blown up, eh? He takes a cannonball straight to the chest, <laughs> which I don't, which looks super impressive and super like grisly. And like, man, uh, yeah. Quark and Phoenix took that fall like a champ, <laughs> you know, yeah. and kind of bumbles his way through the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, visually it looks really good. 
Um, like they built a ton of really good sets, um, and like costumes look fantastic. Uh, but the actual meat of the story is just kind of bland. Uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's cool that Ridley Scott was able to make this movie that they don't really kind of make anymore. Uh, but is definitely not one of his best works by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I would recommend just waiting until it comes to Apple TV plus, <laughs> even though it looks cool on the big screen. I think, I don't know if it's worth rushing out to the cinema to go watch this. So yeah, uh, Napoleon, uh, it's a fine movie, you know, it, it, again, it's also very weird. Like there's, yeah, it's, it's just an odd movie. (laughs) Uh, Dylan, you've watched Oppenheimer on your TV at home, just like Christopher Nolan intended it to be. How, How was that experience? Uh, not as good as the cinema, but still a very good movie. Yeah. Yep. Happy with the, the Blu-ray transfer yep, and everything. Special features to watch and stuff like that. Looks very good in 4K. Um, sounds very good. Fucking sounds like your speakers are going to explode. Um, you know. <laughs> so it's apparently sold out in America at the moment. So people yeah. saying they can't find it. That's incredible. You know. Mm. Turns out people want physical releases of stuff. And I'm already going to predict this movie will be the number one on my most watched movies because two two times version of this movie, I just now said six hours this year watching it. So Tractor's going to have this as number one, I, I reckon. Surely. Yeah, surely. I can't imagine anything else topping it unless you've rewatched watched some sort of wrestling kink. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think I have. So I feel like that should go straight to number one. You're not going to watch Kill? No. Killers won't come to Apple TV before the end of the year. So. I don't know. It might, but I'll rewatch it if it does. So, yeah. They'll be neck and neck. They'll be, they'll be neck and neck, yeah. All right. Uh, I finished watching part one of season two of Invincible. Um, yeah, it's good. You know, more Invincible. Um, it, it's been interesting to see some of the criticism um, like in the wake of like some people have said there's a drop in animation i don't think there necessarily has been like i feel like some of there's been some stylistic choices that give the impression that there's lesser animation like in that fourth episode there's a lot of still frames in that kind of thing but i feel like that's a uh, homage to the actual fight that took place in the comic books so um and that kind of stuff um and then a lot of people actually being very angry that there's only four episodes (laughs) like it's been three years since we got the first season. How come you're only releasing the four episodes? Bullshit. These animators need to be working overtime and stuff like that. It's like very weird. Uh, but, you know, as a season, it's interesting because I feel like from my memory of the comic books, like they've jumped like a reasonably far section forward. And that's probably because they do want to include Omni-Man in this second season of the show, where I feel like in the comics, he kind of disappeared for a while. Or it's like for several arcs. So, um, and yeah, it definitely feels like it is setting up uh, or very much an introductory segment to where this season potentially is building to. So, but yeah, it's gruesome. There's a lot of cool fights. Uh, Rip Alan the Alien, maybe, (laughs) and that kind of stuff. But man, there's some gruesome, there is some gruesome stuff in this. So I'm excited for whenever part two of Invincible Season 2 comes out. Early next year, they said so. We'll see. <laughs> Take your time. I mean, no rush. Um, I also watched. I've so I watched the first episode of a TV show called Scavenger Rain. So this is an animated show that had debuted on HBO Max. It's on binge here in Australia. Um, it's animated. It's a, apparently just a miniseries, but it's uh follows a bunch of the survivors of a damaged uh, interstellar cargo ship called Demeter 2227 who become stranded on this alien planet. And it is fucking wild. Just the these people, it takes place like, I assume they've been on this planet for a while, stranded. Um, and they've kind of had to adapt to the alien wildlife that's on this planet. Like certain, And they've kind of had to figure out how they can use these aliens for their own benefit 
Like, there's certain aliens that they can, like... Uh, the show opens up with it, one alien... Oh, like, one of the people getting kind of consumed by an alien. But inside the alien is, like... Uh, or the alien creature. There's, like... Inside their body are, like... Uh, I don't know, some sort of light source that they're able to pull out of the alien and then use as a light source at night to, like, get light and shit. It is interesting, just because the, there's a lot of creativity in these aliens, um, a lot of uh, interesting designs and animation and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, like I said, one episode in, but uh, I'm definitely keen to check out uh, the rest of the episodes because it's just a kind of like a weird fever dream to a certain extent. Um, yeah, so it's 12 episodes. Uh, it's got a very interesting art style. Um, so yeah, I would recommend checking that out. Um then I watched uh, the Christmas movie Your Christmas or Mine. So we meant you mentioned off air the Dylan that there's the second one has been announced. Uh so we might be checking that out over on uh a very explosion at Christmas. But this is a romantic comedy starring uh Ace Butterfield and Cora Kirk, who are a young uh college couple who are going home to their families for Christmas on the train in England. And they both decide at the last second they're going to surprise their significant other by going to their family home for Christmas. Mm. But, you know, they both do it, so nobody's at their actual home for Christmas. She loses her phone. She leaves it on the train, so now she can't call anybody. Uh, so, yeah, they have to spend their families with their significant other's families. But it turns out they're both keeping a bunch of secrets from each other. Uh, or uh, there's certain things they haven't told each other about each other um, that, you know, they have to either keep secret from the the other family or are learning about them as the day or so goes past before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun time. I mean, it's no not going to win any awards or anything, but it's a very enjoyable Christmas movie, a very enjoyable romantic comedy. Um, really strong cast. Ace of Butterfield and Corey Kirk are really cute and really enjoyable to see together. And then, you know, there's... Um, yeah, all the family members are really good. So I recommend checking it out. And this is maybe interested in seeing the second one, even though, you know, it. I don't know. I don't think it will be as good as this one. But, you know, <laughs> it looks like a good time. So I recommend checking out your Christmas or mine this Christmas season. Uh, let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. And I finished watching Blue Eye Samurai. So this is the animated show that's on Netflix uh, that follows a samurai who whose father was a white man, uh, which is frowned upon at the time in Japan. Uh, so they seek revenge on all the four white men who were living in Japan at the time of her birth. So he's hunting them down uh, to kill them. Um yeah, just fantastic animation, fantastic fight scenes, um, just really good storytelling, a really great cast of characters kind of fleshed out over the course of the season. Um, and just, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it, it, it. It's kind of a must watch. It is one of the best shows of the year, I think. Um, and episode five might be one of my favorite episodes of the year. So... Um, it's, it's, we already voted. Well, uh, you know, we'll talk about <laughs> that. We'll talk about that after this episode. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it is just uh, fantastically. Uh, it, it's beautifully animated. Uh, the actual fight choreography is actually they get, got actual stunt people to like do the stunts and choreograph the fights, and then they kind of use that as specifically reference to animate the show. Um, so it's all very realistic and that kind of stuff, and uh, it definitely leaves itself often an interesting point uh for a second season uh which i'm hopeful for because man it is is a great show so highly recommend going out watch glide samurai on netflix only the eight episodes uh they are featured like full episode length though so uh yeah must watch if you if you if you like samurai stuff if you like revenge stories if you like uh good stories check out blue eyed samurai and that's kind of it for this week's uh, What's Our Watch Street. That's probably one of our shorter sessions because Dylan has watched nothing because of work <laughs> and the eggs and life. 
Uh, so let's move into film news. And man, there's only one big story this week. Mr. Brown is no longer part of the Scream franchise. A report that the horror franchise requel actress has been quietly let go from the upcoming Scream 7 originally appeared in the print edition of Variety. Rare's exit is believed to be due to her social media support of Palestine amid the Israel-Hamas conflict. Uh, Spyglass, the production company of Scream 7, then came out and confirmed uh, the firing with Spyglass clarifying that Ms. Brea was let go from the project because her social media comments were read as anti-Semitic. In a statement, they said Spyglass stance is unequivocally clear. We have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism. All the incitement of hate in any form, including false references to genocide, ethnic cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything flagrantly crosses the line into hate speech, the statement read. Uh, and then the internet very much turned on <laughs> Spyglass. Uh, everybody very much finding any of her comments not to be anti-Semitic in any way, um, mostly because a lot of people agree that uh, a lot of the stuff happening in that conflict at the moment could potentially be uh, considered a genocide or <laughs> ethnic cleansing. Or just generally, uh, there are two sides to every, this story. Uh, coincidentally, the next day it was revealed, Jadena Ortega has dropped out of the filming of uh, Scream 7. Uh, some reports have been that it's because of Wednesday scheduling that she's unable to fulfill her duties. Uh, but you know, it's a bit coincidental. Also, there is no current dates for... Scream 7, although it is set to be released in 2025. Um, so it's kind of weird that she say she can't work those days if there's no script, there's no dates. Uh, so a lot of people have been reading into that. Uh, and then it has been revealed that, uh, well, unsurprisingly, uh, that Scream 7 is set to undergo a creative reset. The saga surrounding the making of the next Scream film just keeps on taking new twists and turns in real time, it seems, in the wake of the reported exits of Marissa Barea and Janet Ortega from the film over the past day. Variety is now reporting that the whole project is set to undergo creative reset. James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, the writers of the previous two installments, with which starred the actress's sister Sam and Tara Carpenter, will now work on a fresh draft to present to filmmakers, though some set pieces may be preserved. The project is now seeking new protagonist. Original Scream leading lady Nev Campbell popped not to return for this year's Scream 6 over a salary dispute, but the trade says producers are reportedly keen to see her claim her character of Sydney Prescott. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on all this stuff and is Scream dead <laughs> as a franchise? Oh yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, they had a good run. The franchise ended at Scream 7. It's probably for the best. <laughs> Seven movies, you know what? A, it's a ton. It's a good run, I think. And it's yeah, a good run, you know. And like, and they were all good, you know. Like they're all know. not terrible. Yeah. Which I don't think any other franchise can really say. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Just end it now. Yeah. Any other? <laughs> yeah. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I um, I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole you go. Obviously, Mister uh, Barrera, I. I agree with everything she said. Uh, I don't think she said anything wrong. I think the apparent post where they're saying that's like promoting what what's their word? They're like saying it's like anti-Semitism. Yeah, um, I completely disagree. I think that the the leaving. I think that Jenna Ortega magically leaving because of um, conflict uh, conflicts when there's not even a script is uh, obviously a huge lie and a lo load of bullshit she has left that's just pr spin she's left in solidarity um and yeah the franchise is dead uh i feel bad for the director because i actually like him yeah i feel bad for the director uh he didn't exactly help himself by saying no please don't but... shout at me <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like, it wasn't my choice. But, I don't think it helps him, but I, I get it. Like, I get it. He's I get he was, it. He was. He you could have worded it better, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he fucked up, but like, I'm not holding it against him. No, but also he could drop out in solidarity as well. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I just hope everyone. Key. I hope everyone drops out now. I hope everyone drops out. End of the franchise. Done. Or they just. Uh, well, they fire the people that made these decisions and bring them all back and put out a statement yeah. saying they're very sorry and. Um, that the alternative, and they donate a bunch of money to support for Palestine, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> again, I don't know how deep we going, want to go down the rabbit hole, but, you know, there has been a lot of uh, movement this week against people who have been pro-Palestine. Um, mm. Susan, uh, Susan Sarandon, Sarandon got dropped by her agency. 
um the big one of the big agents at uh tom cruise's uh that was a wild story firm uh was demoted and only got her job saved by uh tom cruise coming out and coming specifically to the office and like uh defending her um but yeah i mean it's kind of wild when it's it's interesting because i feel like there is again don't want to get overly political but there is definitely a uh split between the two sides and it feels like a lot of online people or younger people are definitely on the side of what's going on with what israel is doing is fucked up and should be talked about a lot and then there's a lot of people who, who are clearly zionists and all very or are of the opinion israel is completely justified in their actions and uh I mean, anyone who it's... says otherwise is anti-semitic it's wild when you got those videos. Like everyone keeps calling out um Noah, whatever his name is from Stranger Things. So no snap. Like, no snap. Posting videos like pictures, uh, stickers. Zionism is cool or whatever. I don't know. Hot sexy, sexy. You know. So you know, fuck that guy. And um, um, it's gonna make hard to watch the last season of Stranger Things to be honest. But you know, like he, no repercussions for stuff like that. No repercussions for a lot of anyone who's like proudly supporting like anyone dying in Palestine's copying no shit and then anyone who's like well maybe like the civilians yeah. in Palestine probably don't deserve to die they're like well fuck you you're fired like it's just <laughs> like it's yeah it is what and yeah I mean it, it's I'm I don't think it's conspiracy theory to say stuff like this but it's very obvious like in America which you know heavily tied into Hollywood very much tied into Israel um you can go through history and like see how like like there's documentaries um i've added a few to my queue i found a few on doc play that were really good um i watched i i quickly googled to see if any of them were actually good or foot shit and i added a few to my watch uh, about israel palestine um america like how all that and a lot of this stuff like i i know the general gist but i'm i'm, I'm keen to to watch more um but like it, it's not even this is one of those things where people start like putting the tinfoil hats on like it is Hollywood and America are heavily tied into one direction of history in this direction and like keeping a narrative in place. And if mm. you speak against said narrative, you are the bad guy. Um, and you can look at even the media headlines. I mean, there, there was even that BBC headline the other day, like not to go, you've started this rabbit hole so now I'm going down, yep, but like yep. the, you've, you've, there was that BBC headline I saw the other day where it's like someone in an interview said like, you know, um, they they in the interview said the word Palestine and something, and then yep. in the BBC article they changed it to Hamas, um, yep. because apparently there is absolutely no difference between the two. Because if you say you if you if you support Palestine, you must support Hamas, which is yeah, just think, blatantly not a true statement at all. Yeah, like I think they even they like completely mistranslated the, yep. what somebody said. Like, and someone came out and like did a complete different translation. Yeah. and what they say uh, appeared to have said is completely different and i yeah. mean there's been a ton of like propaganda stuff like yeah, the, <laughs> the propaganda on this is not this is one of those times in history where i'm like the propaganda is real and it's not it's not very good it's, it's not good either <laughs> it's, is the thing do you see that fox news one with the dude putting his pants back on <laughs> yeah, they, yeah that is crazy it's yeah. crazy but you, it's like so bad because you like laugh and go fuck this is terrible but how then is also, anybody believing this it's and then there's working a believing it. yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah so yeah look any any celebrity who got cops any shit and stands up for this sort of stuff i i think is automatically going to move up my personal radar of people i think have a fucking backbone um and um yeah and anyone who fires them and does stuff like um, fuck him. Uh, yeah, fuck him, basically. So, so yeah. Rest in peace, Scream. Rest in peace, Scream. You wouldn't. Do you think Nev Campbell comes on board if they're trying to? I don't know. I don't know what her personal. She's never like. If been... they threw a bunch of money at. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I know the reason she didn't do it was because of money. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like she deserves the money. No. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like at this stage, but also seeing two women leave, like. I don't know. I don't know. Is I don't know, it, yeah. I don't know her I guess, enough to... Per, I don't know her personally enough to know, like, where her... her yeah. Could... Could the screen... Is the screen franchise big enough to survive another reboot, I guess? Oh, it is, yeah. 
I think it is. I, 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 what, hold on. I think it is big enough to survive a reboot. I don't think it, I don't know if it's big enough to survive a reboot following this. Mm. Is the, the thing. Jenna Ortega is fucking huge now. Yeah. So, and she's out here being quiet, I think, because her, like, her, uh, PR managers and shit have said not to say anything, but she's out here still liking these Melissa Barrera Instagram. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think it's hard to read between the lines. So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it could have been, she could have potentially been unable to do it. Like, she's like, Wednesday shooting is going to be the next year or two. If you want to make it a film by 2025, it's just not possible. Um, and then, you know, the news has been released because they were asking if she was going to drop out. It, it that is possible. It's possible. It I don't believe it's it. It's possible, though. but you know, I'm choosing not to believe it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, scream. It was good. Good one. Yeah. I. I think they could re. Yeah, I think you're right. Like they could reboot. It, who knows what the landscape's going to look like in two years? Uh, maybe everybody forgets and forgives. Yeah, that. But, well, that's the thing. We we, we know and that. It, um, it would have to be a very good movie, I think. That's the other key thing. It would actually have to be. Uh, I just because I also feel like General Taylor's like, a, unless she fucks up majorly, like, I feel like her star power's only going to rise. And if this movie comes out in two years and her star power continues to rise, then it's going to be that whole thing of like, well, what happened to her? You know? Yeah, for the layman who was not following the news. Yeah, for the, for the people not following, there's always going to be that question of, like, it, it, it loses power. Like you, you, if it's like when you look at horror, any horror movie sequel where like the person who got to be a big star suddenly isn't in the sequel, you're like, this is like a straight to DVD version now, you know, like where yeah. we don't have the big star anymore. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dylan, did you love Ahsoka? No. Too bad. Cause now it turns out long time Star Wars universe creator, uh, storyteller Dave Filoni has announced he will be the new chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. The Ahsoka showrunner and Mandalorian producer told Vanity Fair that his new role will be central to the narrative arcs within the overall franchise. Filoni will work directly with Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy, who will continue to oversee the company. Filoni will collaborate outside, alongside head of development executive Kerry Beck, who is tasked with resulting recruiting other storytellers into the Star Wars franchise to helm new stories and films. Uh, Filoni said, now that I'm called I'm what's called Chief Creative Officer of Lucasfilm. In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into it. I would see it after it had already been developed in good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing, I'm involved at the inception phase. Dylan, how's this news make you feel? Uh, i got mixed feelings because the thing is, like, I had a lot of love for Dave Filoni, but in the past few years, obviously, I just feel like everything he's got his hand in Star Wars is weirdly the stuff I no longer like. And um, all his animated work and stuff, obviously, really, really like. And I think a lot of the anime shows had such big ideas and um, I, like fully respect him as the person who's carrying the George Lucas torch still throughout star wars and lucasfilm now like he, he is george lucas's protege like he he represents that and um he, he carries forth a lot of that same energy um of what george would have wanted in star wars but yeah when i'm looking at okay ahsoka that whole verse the mando verse that is my least interesting stuff that have happened in star wars in years you know so can i get excited about him being in charge when the best star wars things since the Disney takeover have been, um, you know, like Andor, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi. I, I, I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, good for him. He seems like a good dude, so congrats on the promotion. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, like the best things that have come out, well, the best thing that's come out of this era of Star Wars has been Andor, um, which is the one thing he's been completely hands-off. Mm -hmm. Uh so it, it doesn't exactly bode well, but you know, have I'm hopeful? You know, I guess it comes down to the choice of what kind of stories they're choosing to tell and like uh, who they're getting creatively involved as well. Um, yeah, and I mean, while we might not have enjoyed Ahsoka 
or loved Ahsoka like a lot of people did. A lot of people are still very good, enjoy The Mandalorian. So, like, I feel like this is a move because a lot of the general audience still enjoys uh, Dave Filoni's storytelling. Um, you know, so I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see how this all pans out. Uh, and I guess we will be getting more Star Wars content in the future if they're lining up a chief creative officer to, like, help um, bring more f- projects forward, so interesting i wonder how that affects his, him working on his own film as well because obviously he's making the mm. eventual tie-in of all these things as well so i guess we'll wait and see yeah that's kind of it for the news but i tell you what this week like most weeks there was a bunch of casting and film announcement news uh just too much to cover um so we like to cover this kind of stuff in a segment we like to call would you want to invest in which I give Dylan a project that has uh, some new news about it. He tells me if he would like to fully invest, partially invest, or not invest in them, and then history will be the judge if he is right or wrong. So, yeah. You said it's, it cracked this week. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. They'll just wait until that actor strike was over before announcing <laughs> everything. All right. Kick things off. Michael Sheen and Ruth Wilson are leading the cast of A Various Royal Scandal, Prime Video's upcoming limited series about Prince Andrew's disastrous interview with Newsnight's Emily Maltalis, in which he explained his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. The series is currently in production in the UK. According to the description, the three-part limited series written by Jeremy Brock will follow Emily Maltalis's professional and personal journey as a Newsnight journalist, leading up to her acclaimed issue with Prince Andrew, played by Michael Sheen. Uh, yeah, uh, full invest. That sounds like it's bound for success. Okay. Uh, four-time Oscar nominee Ed Harris, Lewis Pullman, Miles J. Harvey, and Pete Davidson have joined Emmy winner Jennifer Coolidge, Oscar winner Dustin Hoffman, and Gabriel Union in director Dito, Dito Montiel's crime comedy movie Riff Raff, which has begun filming in New Jersey. The film centers on a former criminal whose ordinary life is thrown upside down when his family shows up for a long-awaited reckoning. That was a nothing description, so... It was. I'm not investing at all. Okay. Yeah, it's always disappointing when there's very little. Uh, after taking his time finding his next big role after winning his Best Actor Oscar, Brendan Fraser has zeroed in on that role. As sources tell Deadline, he's set to star in Searchlight's rental family. Beef Helmer Hikari will direct from a script she wrote with uh, Stephen... Uh Hikari has been developing the project since 2019 and will produce alongside Shin Yamaguchi as well as, well as Eddie Weissman and Julia Lebedev of Sight Unseen Productions. The story follows a down-and-out actor living in Tokyo. He's hired as a token American guy for a Japanese rental family company, lending him on an unexpected journey of self-discovery through the roles he plays in other people's lives. What the fuck? <laughs> um, partial invest. I oh, know. Is that too weird to be successful? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Tasha Howe has reportedly been set as a screenwriter of the upcoming live-action film adaptation of Masa- Masashi Kishimoto's Naruto manga and anime franchise. Reports Variety. Howe penned the upcoming Red Sonja film and is the showrunner of the Netflix and legendary Tomb Raider animated series both projects expected to arrive on screen next year um I will go fully invest on this one I feel like that ha- I feel like that could be huge if done right so if done right if live done action right, feature but... film that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah so I'll, I'll go fully invest alright uh, after a period of speculation prolonged by the double strike A24 has officially confirmed the cast for the full invest it's, uh, for its erotic thriller, thriller, Baby Girl, marking a reteam with Bodies, 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 Helmer, Halina, Rain, Nicole Kidman, Antonio Banderas, and Harris Dickinson, Dickinson lead an ensemble that will also include Talk To Me, Sophie Wilde, and Jean Renault. Uh, in the film, written directed by Rain, a successful CEO begins an illicit affair with her much younger intern. Yep, fully invest, can't wait. Okay. I'm going to rewatch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies now. 
<laughs> I've actually been really wanting to, but I keep every time I go, I've uh, when I went into JB the last couple of weeks, I kept looking for it to buy. Um, maybe it, I'm going to look it up now. Fuck it, while you continue, but I swear it. Um, it only got a DVD release in Australia. I don't want that shit that on DVD. That would surprise me. Yeah, which is fucking shit. Like I. I just, like I buy some stuff on DVD and I'm, I can accept it, like depending on what it is. But like this is a movie came out last year. Like I'll fucking, I always want a Blu-ray. Fuck me. Yeah, let me have it on good quality. I guess you haven't watched that movie, have you? Because it's a horror movie. Yeah, I watched Bodies, Body Bodies. Did you? I can't it's remember. It's a comedy. Yeah, it's. I was about to say it's a comedy. So <laughs> it's fucking funny. I love it. It's good shit. Yeah. Prime Video has ordered the coming of age ensemble drama Motorheads from writer director. Oh, writer showrunner John A. Norris and executive producer Jason Seagraves. Uh, Ryan Philippi, Natalie Kelly, uh, Michael Cimino, and Melissa Colazzo uh, have been set as series regulars. Motorheads is about first love, first heartbreak, and turning the key in your very first car. Set in a once thriving rust belt town that's now searching for a glimmer of hope. The series is an adrenaline-filled story of a bun- group of outsiders who form an unlikely friendship over a mutual love of automobiles. And while some characters will have will be navigating the hierarchy and rules of high school, others will be racing from a dark past. Yeah, uh, full invest. Let's throw money. <laughs> yeah, why not? You're, you've, you've, you've done. You've picked some decent ones this week. Teresa Palmer, Miranda Richardson, and Danielle McDonald, and a host of other names have joined Nicole Kidman's lighthearted Australian drama series, The Last Anniversary. The Foxtel drama from B- Aussie streamer Binge has gone into production in Sydney. Uh, based on Liam Moriarty's best-selling novel, The Last Anniversary, is billed as a wickedly funny, heartfelt dramedy wrapped in a gripping mystery about family, motherhood, and the women who define generations that come after them. Set on the mysterious Gribbly Gum Island, where a young couple disappeared decades before, it follows Sophie Honeywell. She moves there after inheriting a house left to her by her ex-boyfriend's great-aunt Connie, who promises that Sophie could finally meet the man of her dreams. She receives an unwelcome reception on arrival, but finds that she may actually what she may actually need is an island full of women. I know what... Does that not sound like half of that description sound like? What was that movie we watched like for what do you want to watch last year that was really good about like generational women and stuff? The family. 20th century women. Yeah, that that description just sounded like that, but like sound on the island. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, partial invest. <laughs> All right. Last one. Well, Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio have never been. Nope. <laughs> Never before appeared together on screen. Even as they led films in different corners of the Karate Kid universe, they're getting the opportunity now via feature installment in Sony's hugely popular martial arts saga. Machio will prize his ro- role as Daniel LaRusso, the karate champion molded by Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi, with Chan as Mr. Han, the kung fu master who helped Jaden Smith bend fullies in Sony's 2010 Karate Kid remake. Uh, details as to the plot of the film under apps, though sources say it will mark a continuation of the mythology of the original franchise. Jonathan S. Whistle uh, is directing the as-yet-unnamed film from a script by Rob Lieber, with Catherine Rosenfeld producing. The pick slated for the release by Sony Pictures on December 13th, 2024. Nope. <laughs> What a wild announcement. I can't believe they like have this huge success with the TV show and now they're doing that. Like, what a fucking... Yeah, they got like, to. They're, while, they're like, everyone loves Chang. this. Let's do this. Like, Yeah. Let's dumb. make a feature film with Miss, with Jackie Chan. Well, he still dumb. can. Who cares? Fuck that. No, it sounds terrible. All right. Uh, let's move into giving some thumbs to trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about in the show notes below, kicking things off with The Converts, directed by Lee Tamahori, uh, Guy Pierce, T. Kohei Tahaka, Tirihiri Nagata Melbourne, Antonio T. Mahara, Jacqueline McKenzie, Lawrence Makaora, and Dean O'Gorman. Apologies for any mispronunciation there. As uh, in all of them. <laughs> as in everybody except Guy Pierce. Uh, a lay preacher. Thomas Monroe at a British settlement gets caught in a bloody war between Maori tribes in 1830s New Zealand. Tell them, what did you think of the trailer for The Convert? 
double thumbs up looks very cool um definitely like section of history and a location and everything that i i don't feel like um has been covered enough in um, film and stuff or at least nothing that i've seen so um can see some more uh, can see some more representation for that um and all the performances looked really good locations everything like that yeah so double thumbs up uh yeah i'll give it two thumbs up as well it like looks very good uh cinematically uh guy pierce looks really fantastic and obviously all the the native uh maori actors look like they're doing a really good job uh have you ever watched once were warriors uh did you enjoy that yep so same sort of thing uh no once were warriors is set during like the 80s okay well (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's a different age, no, it's, it Once we're a Warriors is like about a like, it's about I don't know how to. It's been years since I watched it, but that film, uh, I can rewatch it now. Actually, yeah, maybe I'll watch that. Um, well, we should watch that soon. Don't. Come up with a reason to watch that. Um, history of Mary, but that's like that film's like set during modern day and like represents yeah. at least to me of how I took it is supposed to represent how like the you know, like the more modernization of the culture and like the sort of very masculine energy from the, I don't know. Like I, I, there's a lot of ideas in that film. Um, It's, it's, it's really good from, I, I just haven't watched it like, pro, like 10 years. I don't know. Yeah. I know. I always thought that was like set in this time period. So nope, you're wrong. Maybe it's another film with a similar name. Uh, so this uh, is releasing in Australia on the 24th, 25th of April. 2024. Uh, I'm suspecting it's releasing in New Zealand sooner. So. That makes sense. Have to wait for that one. Uh, next trailer is for Santa Isn't Real, directed by Zach Locke, starring Scarlett Spaduto, Dana Milliken, and Kaya Coleman. After suffering a brutal attack on Christmas Eve, a young woman, Nikki, struggles to convince her friends that the assailant was old Chris Kringle. When Santa returns to terrorize the group, Nikki and her friends must fight to stay alive. Dylan, does this tickle, tickle your horror sick Christmas movie? Just needs? looks like a Christmas slasher, so yeah, I'll go one up one down. Didn't, it didn't look bad, didn't look great. Looked like it could be could be at least a fun slasher. Yeah, I mean, this is also one up one down for me. I think it looks it definitely looks like a B grade horror movie, but with yeah. Santa. So like the Santa performances look like. didn't look bad. Like the overall production didn't look bad. Like, there was just nothing, like, standout-ish. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. Like... I mean, yeah. It, it feels like it's going to work for its audience. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely reminds me of uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas that we watched last year. I think it was. The other, the one with the robot Santa. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was fine. And this looks like a similar vein. Um, so, yeah. This is releasing on VOD and digital on December 8th in the US. No confirmed Australian release date. Uh, the next trailer is for Our Son, directed by Bill Oliver, starring Billy Porter, Luke Evans, Robin Wyher, Andrew Reynolds, Isaac Cole Powell, and Felicia Richard. A couple fights over custody of their eight-year-old son after the traumatic breakup of their 13-year marriage. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Yeah, double thumbs up. Looked really good. Really good performances. Um, not a story I could say I've seen covered with the like a a queer, you know, like lens. You know, you've seen it done with a straight relationship, but not like you know, like the you know, I, I I've never seen a movie cover a queer relationship with a child in the middle. That's for that's for sure. So, um, yeah, really, really, really looks really good. Double thumbs up. Yeah, I think it looks really good. I give it two thumbs up. There is that one line in there. They're like, oh, you fought for so long to fit this marriage only to end up like in divorce like all our straight people. That feels very out of place. Very uh, just like something, the feels like something someone would say. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, but they play it more, be a bit more of a joke if somebody's in real life uh, or a punchline in a comedy special. Um, but yeah, this looks really good. This probably looks like the best thing I've seen Luke Evans in. Like, he looks like he's giving a really good performance in this. Hmm. Um, and Billy Porter looks really great as well. Um, yeah, it looks really interesting. So, uh, this is releasing in the US on December the 8th. No Australian release date. Next trailer Sometimes I Think I'm Dying, directed by Rachel Lambert, starring 
uh, Daisy Ridley, Dave Mahij, Parvish China, and Marsha Deboinus. Fran is a socially awkward office worker who spends most of her time in isolation and daydreams of her own death when a new colleague pricks the bubble of her own isolation. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for Sometimes I Think About Dying? Double thumbs up um, for a movie all about depression. I don't yeah. know. It was a really good trailer. It looked like very indie, uh, very like sort of odd uh, Andy Kaufman-ish, but not like super weird, but I don't know, just tonally weird. Um, and Daisy really looks like she's given her fantastic, maybe her best performance in this. So yeah, double thumbs up. Keen to watch it. I love being depressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up as well. Uh, it definitely looks like a morose, like sad movie. <laughs> um, definitely giving, also giving vibes, like you said, Charlie Kaufman, like um, giving vibes of uh, I'm thinking of ending things, mm. uh, but without all the uh, weird shit. That's without all the like weird shit, yeah. This one feels like it's a bit more of a straightforward one, but with weird imagery in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Like, uh, it's interesting, like, uh, just really playing a very subdued character, like, but still being, looking to be very interesting. Uh, so yeah, I'm keen to check this one out, obviously. Uh, so this is scheduled to release in the US on the 26th of January. There's currently no Australian release date. Last trailer for this week, Boy Swallow Universe, created by John Colley, starring Simon Baker, Felix Cameron, Zach Burgess, Lee Tiger Haley, or Haley, Travis Fimmel, and Phoebe Tompkin. In 1980s Brisbane, a precocious boy and his selectively mute brother embark on a suburban odyssey of love, redemption, and retribution after their family is torn apart by a drug lord. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this Australian Netflix series? Australian Netflix series based on a beloved book. Yeah, I've never read the book. I know the author because he's a journalist, right? The, yes. Uh, uh, from um... Trent Dalton. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Um, so I know I know who he is. I've I um, and I think maybe I probably would have seen that he put out this book and stuff, but just never paid enough attention. Um, but I think that the the trailer looks really good. Double thumbs up. Looks like a super interesting story. Um, keen to know more, like like what's the basis and stuff. I I don't know. I've done my research yet enough, but. Um, the trailer is really, really good. I'm keen to watch it next year, early next year, early January, whenever it comes out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Two thumbs up for me for this trailer. I think, uh, Brisbane, Brisbane, Brizzy See, represent. It is. It's crazy. I've drove it across that bridge. Like <laughs> the, 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 the thing across it's, it's, uh, crazy. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, a beloved, like a very popular book. I know it sold very well in Australian audiences, uh, in Australian in Australia, at least, um, like it's been adapted into a stage play that performed here in Brisbane, um, and that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's very much a like wow. it's a best-selling book and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it looks fantastic. A really good cast. The kid who's obviously playing the lead is uh, really great in this trailer. Um, very funny at times, while also kind of obviously being a very dark crime story yeah. uh, as well. So. Um, yeah, I'm very keen. I, you know, Shout out the Paul the joke, Yeah. Uh, Anthony DePaglia shows up for a bit here as well. Crazy seeing him with like stark white hair. That, mm. that was like threw me for a second. Um, but yeah, it looks fantastic. I love the joke at the end. Uh, what, do you have to go bald before you become a skinhead of that come up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So yeah, uh, this is releasing on Netflix on the 11th of January. So yeah, looking forward to that. All right, let's move into this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. And we're just about to hit December, which you we all know is catch-up month, uh, despite a bunch of new stuff also coming out in December. So okay. this week's top three is top three films you missed that you want to watch before the end of the year. Dylan, what's in your number the three? Middle, in the middle with you. Sorry, I got Paul Kelly in my head now. Um, number one is oh, actually, I just I didn't put him in it. Oh, fuck no. What order do I? I didn't put him in order. Uh, yeah, fuck it. This is number wow. three. Number three. Uh, when evil lurks. So this is one of the most talked about horror movies probably the last couple months that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Um, a lot of people I've seen say it's the the best horror movie of the year. So 
automatically has to be on my uh, list I need to watch. Uh, where's the synopsis? Because I don't know much about it. Uh, in a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the body only to end up unintentionally spreading chaos. Um, it's a Spanish film, I think, maybe? I can't find an answer fast enough. Anyway, yeah, um, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, good stuff there. I think it's on Shutter, Shutter now, I believe, so... Yes, that one. All right. My number three is You Hurt My Feelings, the Nicole Hofsener movie starring Julia Dreyfus uh, that was released earlier this year, a 24 movie. Uh, everywhere I've seen people regarded as one of the top films of the year, uh, great comedy drama. So uh, definitely need to watch that because it seems like it will be my type of vibe. Dylan, what's your number two? Number two, I think I had this on my list of similar lists we did last time. We did this similar list. Halfway through the year. Halfway through the year. How to Blow Up Pipeline. So I still haven't watched that. Current of environmental activists plot a daring plan to disrupt an oil pipeline. Um, I will be watching it before we do any sort of voting, though, because I've been keen for it for a while. Um, I can rent it now, is my understanding. It's uh, yes, it's old six ninety nine rental, but I'll get onto that. Uh, my number two is Blackberry, the story of how Blackberry became a thing, uh, starring Jay Baruchel and, uh, Glenn Howlett, Howerton, uh, looks fantastic. Uh, definitely. I wanted to go see in cinemas, just timing didn't work out. Uh, so I will have to watch it at home. Uh, I believe also a rental. Um, weirdly, it's also being adapted into a three part miniseries on, uh, mm. the AMC. So it's got more content on it apparently. More content. So yeah. I don't know. Do I wait and watch that or do I watch? It, it depends. Really do you intended. want? Do you do you want to watch it? Fight for it from. Well, actually, you can't vight for TV series for our awards. Anymore, We've already so. voted on that. So, so maybe like, you should yeah, watch so. the movie. Yeah, watch the movie because yeah. it's relevant. Yeah. So yeah, Blackberry. Keen to check that out. Dylan, what is your number one? Um, my number one is Are You There God It's Me Margaret which was a film we talked about uh, right at the start of the year when everyone this trailer came out and was like apparently a beloved book never heard of it but in America apparently it's really good and then ever since then I've seen everyone say it's got some of the best performances of the year I've seen it show up on a bunch of people's list of like um, movies that they wish more people were talking about um, you know like most underrated like movies and stuff like that um, everyone says that uh, Rachel McAdams has a fantastic performance in it so um yeah i'm i'm keen to watch that again i think it recently as of last week i saw it pop up as a rental finally so it seemed to have been taking forever to be available in australia but now that i know it is available i decided to put it as number one pick on this list yeah I was, i'm surprised i thought i checked last night whether it was yeah. a rental or not but apparently yeah. now it is I, I checked i think i was just scrolling through like a night or two ago and saw it pop up there and i was like oh okay well there you go i'll add that to my list <laughs> Uh, my number one is Rye Lane, which is a movie that keeps I keep seeing popped up as one of the best movies of the year. Uh, a British romantic comedy about uh, two young people who are just dealing with uh, their own separate brutal breakups uh, in South London and kind of connect over a one day period. Um, yeah, it's one that I've seen like pop up on like people have have been throughout the year been posting like what's your top eight movies of the year so far and that kind of stuff and. I see that poster because it's hard to miss because it's very orange um, show up on a bunch of people's lists. So um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely one I'll check out because it is on Disney plus. So it's super easy to get access to. Um, Yeah. It's been on this for a while. So I'll be hoping to check that out before the end of the year. Cause again, it seems like it'll probably be my kind of movie. So yeah. Dylan this week, what do you want to watch? Before I tell you that, I just want to fill everyone in from something from about 15, 20 minutes ago in the podcast. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was only released in DVD in Australia. However, I just purchased a Blu-ray from the UK. <laughs> just then? Just then. I just paid for While it. While recording things? Yeah. yeah. Seems about right. Just purchased it. I, want, I had to do it for the bit. <laughs> I don't want to be a lie. I don't want to say it and lie. I, want to, I only want to say the truth. So confirmation, um, paid $19.74. Free postage mm. via eBay <laughs> is where I managed to find that. So, 
Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming along for that that journey, everyone. Uh, this week, I would like to watch uh, Bottoms is my movie pick uh, that is out in cinemas this week. I don't know if I can or will be able to watch it, but that would be my pick. And TV show, I don't think I know if I care. Do I care about anything? I don't think I do. Uh, no, I don't think I do. I'm just going to skip TV this week. Oh, hold on. I always forget to look at Sundays. What's on Sunday? Doctor Who. Doctor Who is my pick again. Yeah, well, Doctor Who wasn't my pick <laughs> last week, but you reminded me. So Doctor Who, new special this week. There's my pick. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, my, I mean, my pick would also be Bottoms. I'm keen to check that in cinemas. But I'll use the opportunity to shout out uh, American Symphony, which is an upcoming documentary on Netflix. It should be out probably day of release uh that follows uh the musician john baptiste uh the year of his life from dealing with his wife uh uh getting cancer returning but also this is the year where he went on to win the grammy for album of the year like against all odds um so yeah apparently fantastic documentary some consider it to be the front runner for best documentary of the year so uh definitely keen to check that out on netflix uh, then on the TV front, as much, uh, uh, you know, I would say, say Slow Horses Season 3, but, you know, because it isn't a good starting point for people, I want to check out Artful Dodgers. Artful, the Artful Dodger is coming on Disney+, Plus, which I feel like they're pushing super hard. They have. Seen. Every time I open the app, it's on, on the jump-up screen. Uh, they're sending a bunch of notifications saying it's coming. To uh, Australians only, I feel. They're like, you're Australian. Yeah. You love shit about convicts, right? Yo, yo, yo. Like Australians, you want Australian yeah. content? Here, yeah. watch it. So yeah, I will do, be watching the first, at least the first episode of Artful Dodger this week. All right, let's know what you want to watch this week, or what are your top three movies that you still need to watch before the end of the year? Let's know by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, or jump into our Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at What Do You Want to Watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, leave us five stars, and you can leave five stars, or just tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, thoughts with dollar, head over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash support to help Dylan buy more Blu-rays from overseas. Worth it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. I feel like me and Buddy need to start a new podcast about uh, DVD and Blu-ray collections. Maybe that should be the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't know what you're talking about, but like we've just... It's, it's just a <laughs> you bitching about things being on, not being on Blu-ray in Australia. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll workshop it. <laughs>